Hey sisters in Yeshua, this is Sharon from Heart of a Torah Woman. Thank you for joining me today and I hope it inspires you and encourages you and helps you on your own walk. May it help us all draw closer together and closer in our families and just be better believers as well. So why don't we get cozy and dive right into today's topic. Grab your favorite drink and let's get started. Hi, Sharon again from Heart of a Torah Woman, and today I have a special guest, and this is going to be a real treat. I think you're going to love it. Um, she's worn many hats over the years, and we're going to hear about some of them today and maybe get a little bit of a sneak peek of some more hats she's worn the next time she comes on. And I have Katie Hearn from Hearn Homeschoolers. Hi, Katie. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Good to have you. Um, yeah, so um, I thought uh, we could start first by just kind of getting a little bit inter- of an introduction about you and your family, and uh, you have an experience that um, I think would uh, you would enjoy sharing with us. I'm not going to say it, so you can go right into that. Okay, well, um, my name is Katie Hearn, as Sharon said. Um, I'm married to Jeremy, and we have 15 children. Um, we live in, we have a beginning of a homestead. Um, we're just in the, about the fifth year of homesteading. And um, we have three grandchildren and one on the way. And um, I think one of the things she today is most of our children are biological to us, but we've had the privilege of adopting four of our children out of foster care. Yes, exactly that. I think that is amazing and such a great story. And just, it's it's awesome. It's pure religion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You have some really great stories there. And I hope we get to hear some more about that. Um, so. All right. All righty. So um, you have uh, an interesting testimony that um, I've heard some about it because I, I talked to one of your daughters. I absolutely love her. Um, we, she's amazing. Um, but she's told me some of it, but maybe the listeners would like to hear about your testimony coming to Torah. All right. So um, first, the daughter that Sharon's talking about is my daughter, Lydia um, now Hunt. And um, if you're wondering who that is, she is a Hebrew curriculum writer for homeschoolingtour.com. Um, so she writes their curriculum over there for the Hebrew language. Um, but um, we are um, like other people in that um, we, you know, it was a journey, but our journey is a little bit different in that um, when our first few kids were older, they... They didn't, um, we, we were studying out the holidays and they came to us as parents and said, mom, dad, we don't think Christmas is about Jesus at all. (laughs) And we're like, what? (laughs) And, um, we, they had just gotten to the age where they could go to the library and do their own research. And I had put them on the assignment of researching Christmas (laughs) And um, they found out that it really didn't have anything to do with Christ at all. And they asked if we would stop doing it. And um, I'm going to be really honest. For the first year, my husband and I, we didn't know what to do. We, um, We made a compromise with our kids. We said, how about we give half of the money we would spend on Christmas to you to do with whatever you want, to give to whatever charity or ministry you want, and the other half will still buy you guys Christmas presents. And they were they were okay with that for the first year. And then the second year, they came to us again and said, we really don't want to do Christmas. And we said, okay, we won't have a tree and we won't have presents, but we'll still go to grandma and grandpa's house and we'll buy each of you one thing for Christmas and all the money we would have spent on Christmas will again, let you give to a charity of your choice. So then by the time the third Christmas came around that we were pretty much done with Catholic holidays. 
Um, and so that's kind of where it started for us. But we had several years before we realized that there was a different option, that there was a biblical holidays and biblical feasts. And that all started when I bought um, curriculum from Ann Elliott. I had bought one of her uh, Bible study books and started emailing her and asking her questions and test became a test family for her curriculum. And she kept telling me that I think you're Torah observant and you don't know it. <laughs> and I kept saying, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she really, really encouraged me to read my Bible from cover to cover as fast as I could. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, after doing that, it changed my life. My eldest daughter and I um, decided to start keeping Sabbath and keeping the feasts. We had no idea what that meant. My husband wasn't really sure what we were doing and was really, really busy with work at the time. So it wasn't like he and I could sit down and really talk about the things I was discovering. He wasn't opposed to it. He just didn't know what I was doing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then um, we started just slowly kind of figuring things out. And um, a cup of a wow, must be about eight years ago now, the Elliots of Ann Elliot of homeschoolandtorah.com actually moved here to start a congregation with us. And so um, we became all in at that point. That's really cool. No, you were one of her test families, but oh, she's amazing. Yes. So (laughs) that's cool. So I was doing homeschooling Torah before there was homeschooling Torah. (laughs) That's me. Uh, She's she's really good with encouraging people. And it's just look at look at the path. Yes, that's just exciting. And it to me, it always fascinates me when it's children that are used to start the process. Yes. I think homeschooling helped that too, because our kids were in the Bible every day. Mm -hmm. And so they could see that, um, that biblical living looked different than what necessarily even the church was teaching at that time, you know, that's neat. It's, it's just such an amazing testimony. I love it. Um, And it's just, it's, it's so great to share these because other people will hear and there's going to be at least one, hopefully more. They'll be like, oh, that, that, that's me. Like, and right. Like, oh, I see my story in there too. Or at least, you know, what you share and what you have in common. Mm -hmm. And it's great. We all have our areas that, you know, we had to work on or how we, um, what was a little bit more of a struggle or what took longer to see or the backgrounds, you know, just different things and or they can hear it and be like, you know, I've been struggling with that and she makes sense. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's really nice, but, oh, that's awesome. So, um, uh, how w- would you like to tell us about what it is that you do and what it is that you offer? Because I just think it's fascinating. And I, as I told you when we first started talking, you know, some time ago that, um, you know, I found your family years ago and I've been following it. And I, I saw what Lydia did. I saw what you did. And, you know, it took me a couple of years to actually reach out. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, I've been quietly following. Um, they're out there. But um, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, I think the listeners would uh, that don't know you would really benefit to hear what it is that you do and what it is that you offer. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm I'm not I don't sell anything. So that's one thing that's really unique about me. Like if I have a website, but on my website, you're not going to go there and buy anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it primarily to um, blog and share my life experience for people who have similar life experiences to encourage them and motivate them to walk in a biblical way. Um, My website is hernhomeschoolers.com. And when I first started it, I wasn't even Torah observant. I, um, I was just a homeschooling mom wanting to, you know, put some things out there. It was 
blog I wanted my kids to have a place to write. I actually make my kids blog on the blog once in a blue moon um, as a school assignment. Um, mm. One of the biggest things I'm a, a big thing for our homeschool is called copy work. And for a lot of people in the homeschool community, they might think of copy any kind of handwriting where you're copying from a text. But for our family, it's biblical copy work, mm -hmm. specifically the Torah. And um, on my website, you can actually go to the copy work section of my blog. And I even have a free handbook there to help you understand my method and why we do it and, and why we do it the way we do so that um, our kids not only write it on paper, but apply it to their hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big part of what I do over there. I write about adoption, about foster care, about parenting in general. My husband and I are marriage and parenting counselors. We've been doing that for over 20 years now. So I share some of the things that I think will benefit um, families um, who are going through what we're all going through in these seasons of life and in the culture that we live in today. Um, another hat I wear is I actually work for Michigan Christian Homeschool. Um, the homeschool um, organization in Michigan, we're the state organization. So if you live in Michigan, if you call there, you were going to talk to me. I'm the person who answers the phone and um, connects you with the Michigan homeschool community. Um, what else? There's a lot of hats I wear. What <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forget, Sharon? Oh, man. There's been so many that you've to even told me recently. Um, and I didn't write it down. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, um you're recently uh, working for um, being a doula, right? Yes. Yes. I recently became a certified doula. Um, I have always loved the birthing community. And as I said, I've given birth to 11 children. So I have a little bit of experience and understanding about the birthing process. <laughs> um, <clears throat> just a little bit. A little bit. And, um, and I've always enjoyed... Um, working in that kind of field as an advocate, as a support person. And so um, as my own children start having children, I wanted to be able to be there in a healthy way to support them, not as the overbearing mom in the room. <laughs> so, um, so I want, I, so I'm very, very excited to become a doula and um, start working with uh families my my dream is to be a community doula and work with women in homeless shelters or in crisis situations um my husband and I have trauma training and crisis training so we we've worked with a lot of single moms over the years um not so many single dads but we have worked with single dads um and so I really want to offer them that support that they might not be able to afford so I'm hoping to become long-term goal, a community doula, and actually be able to offer my services to people for free that's funded um, through my community organization. That's wonderful. And that's how you, that's things, and it's so hard to find, especially believers like us that are doing things like this and getting out in the community and serving those that they need help or they just could use services like you, the trauma um, and crisis. You don't have a whole lot that you find that, you know, believers like us um, are involved in and it's really hard to find. And being a doula is amazing. And just all the different things because it, it helps shine that light out to the community too. And it's just, and it's, and it's not only good for those that you're being used to help, it's good for you too. Yes, yes. And when we counsel women and men in families in crisis, one of the first things once we get them to a stable place, we do is to encourage them 
to now do the same. Um, mm. As soon as you can start ministering to someone else, you can start healing even more. You know, when you can say, okay, I'm at a healthy place now. I can give back to someone else who has gone through the same type of crisis I'm, I just went through. Yes. And it also shows the hope that is out there. Because yes. you've gone through crisis or you've had trauma that you've endured, you know, that feeling of this is never going to get better. And mm -hmm. people share, I was there. And you can see the joy and the hope and the healing. And that doesn't mean that, you know, on occasion you might not have, you know, a little bit of a hard time with something that's, you know, whatever triggered it or something that and it gets further and further right. I mean, we're humans. There are certain things that, you know, even after you've long been healed and you can talk about it and you're good to go, there's certain things that might trigger it a little bit. And, you know, but it doesn't do the same thing. You don't have the same emotions. You don't have right. the same response, but it's still not pleasant to re to think about it. Right. And when people can see that that healing is real and especially, and this is what's most important to me, connecting it to our father and heaven in heaven. Yes. And that right there, because that is, you can get to a better spot without mm -hmm. bringing that into the equation, but it's better because it's a whole different healing in there. And then when people see that connection, it's like, I want that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Help others. That's just, that's glorious. That's mm -hmm. just amazing to me. It's, and it's needed. It's so needed. Yes, yes, I agree. I do think that we do see in the Torah, um, whole Bible, um, messianic co um, community, that sometimes we have a hard time figuring out how to get involved in the bigger community of our lives. Like, you know, we, we, we tend to almost close ourselves off and and separate ourselves because we want to be set apart. We want to be holy, but then we forget that, you know, like you said earlier, true religion is caring for the widow and orphan mm -hmm. and what that looks like in our culture today. Um, you know, those who are in need aren't necessarily truly widows or orphans, but they're people who are in crisis and how can we, how can we get step out of our comfort zone in our home and go, how can, and, um, and still be set apart, but right. serve. Exactly. And I know, like, I don't, I don't say things out in the open. So not a lot of people know this, but people, anyone that's listening that knows it, that had this conversation with me knows I reach out to someone being like, you know. I'd like to figure out how to start doing something and how do we get involved? How can we create our own things too? Because you see food pantries from the Christian and Catholic churches, but mm -hmm. I found, um, I can actually send you a link to show you. Cause I'm actually, I was like, Whoa, there is one. There's, um, I know of at least one, um, church that is messianic. That's believers like us. And they do food pantries. And it's in Wisconsin, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it is. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it is Wisconsin. When I saw that, I'm like, yes, we need more of that. And yes, but it, it's difficult, especially in this country, too, because so much red tape and there's so much. It's regulation. Right. But, but sometimes, I mean, I think food banks are great and I think um, community outreach programs are great. But sometimes it's also we need to be willing to give just our time and our energy. And we can't just say, oh, I want to I, I saw this family down the street that's in need. I'm going to take them some food. And then we never go visit them again. Right. We never we never call on them. We never reach back. Right. It really needs to be um, a, a, a willingness to say, oh, my gosh, these people are in crisis what day of the week can I give them every day of the week? And as long as they need it. Mm -hmm. And are we willing to do that? Are we willing to sacrifice a little bit of our own time to serve this family that's in crisis? Yes. Um, it, it's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard. 
and figuring it out is just like, because when it, like uh, trying to find, okay, how do I do this? Or even in your local areas, you know, there are things that you can do, but there's not a lot either to get you connected to kind of help you. Um, you know, this is kind of something that I know some crafters think about, but like, I've even thought about something just simple of, um, you can do things, for example, like make, I'm a, I knit a crochet and I sew. So I have crafts that I make, you know, many different kinds of things and you can actually make things and donate them. I don't know all the rules and regulations or, you know, what's allowed in different areas, but I know in my area, you, for example, you can make like say baby hats or preemie hats, you know, mm -hmm. right. And you can donate them to the hospital. Yeah. You can make dolls like teddy bears and bring them to the police now police station not everywhere mm -hmm. but they can give them to a child that just got into a car accident and their parents hurt um or children who are in a crisis situation and um now find themselves in foster care yes they give them to those children mm -hmm. and so even things like that it's and you don't and you can do it anonymously you don't have to yep. be company in it and you don't right. have like being like, oh, I do this, you know, I mean, to a degree, we have to tell certain things in order to get others involved or, you know, there's a difference between that and look and these look at how great I am. I'm doing all these things out there like no. Right. Right. Well, and I think I think you really hit the nail on the head with, you know, what like you have this crafting and ability to make something. Now, if I made a doll, nobody in the world would want it. <laughs> <laughs> because it would just be ugly but um oh, but no. but we each have our own gifts and our talents and I was just joking with another sister in that um whenever there's meal signups I will make the signup sheet but rarely do I put my name on it because, oh. because that is not my thing that's not my gifting I, you know, we need to know where our gifting mm -hmm. is. And she's the type of woman, like, she's like, I can make a meals for the whole week and fill their freezer. And I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I'll and and I, I'm not that I'm a bad cook. I just don't want, that's just not me. Like that to me, that's overwhelming to mm -hmm. add one more meal to my list for the week. Right. But now you ask me to come over and clean your house from top to bottom. I will be coming over. I will bring the cleaner and the vacuum and I will get it done. You know, like we each need to know where our gifts and talents lie and we need to use them. We don't, and we don't, one of the other things we need to do is not wait for somebody to ask us. Yes. If you have a gift, use it you know find a place to use it don't wait for someone else to ask you to use it and there's another aspect of that too of um you'll get the um and I've been there so I get it I don't have any gifts you want to know how old I was when I learned how to knit and crochet probably <laughs> about 26 or 27 and I that's about like a little bit younger than that but around there mm -hmm. When actually my first quilt that I made, I was pregnant for my son and I had a relative that helped me, but I couldn't do it myself. So I really didn't sew on my own until mm -hmm. uh, years, probably a couple of years after I started knitting and crocheting. I tried when I was younger to crochet um, and I just, I couldn't do it. So I gave up and I never thought I'd be able to. And I learned how to knit and crochet at the same time. And, you know, over some years, I kind of would do it, then I'd stop, then I'd do it, and then I'd stop. And right now, if you, if, I, if I had told you, um, if, or if you had told me when I was 23, the things that I'm making now, I would have looked at you like, are you nuts? I probably would have laughed a little bit, like a chuckle, and been like, yeah, you're mm -hmm. No. But you know what? He blesses us. He yes. Yes. And... You don't have to, like, I like, sometimes I try to sell my stuff and I'm hoping to do that to support some of the stuff that I'm doing. And because like you, I don't want to, I, I don't, I don't sell anything. I don't want to. And any, like with this type of stuff, and mm -hmm. crafts is a different story, but I don't want to sell all of them. I like to donate them as well. Sometimes right. someone to donate it to is difficult actually. And like, for example, Actually, if you know anybody, then you can tell me later on. But 
um, at some point I learned how to um, actually make, um, you know, American girls sized dolls, the 18, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, those size dolls. I had uh, an elderly lady that's a, a dear friend that she taught me how to um, sew clothes and she taught me, um, helped me because I'd already knew, known how to knit and crochet by then, but she helped me to be able to make clothing. And that's where I made my first dress out of that for my daughter, our daughter. And um, she helped me sew that because she was explaining the patterns because I don't have that influence in my life. So she Mm -hmm. kind of took that role on. And I called her mom for a while because she was just that type of influence. And she's old enough to be my grandmother. Um, But she's she's just was amazing in that way. And I started making like the 18 inch American girl size doll clothing. And at some point, I would love to make clothing for those kind of dolls and get my hands on dolls, but they're kind of expensive, even the. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And can you imagine being able to have stuff like that and give to little girls who otherwise they couldn't afford it because it's really expensive? Right. And to be, because you can make the whole, the things mm-hmm. that you can make is really cute. And it's re- they're really nice and it's fun. And the great thing about it is they're small. So it doesn't take very long. I can make a dress in three days, um, depending because it's really tiny needles too. So right. <laughs> your hands need a break sometimes. But like things like that of, okay, we may not have a lot of money, but if you have the resources or people help you get the resources, because that's another thing that if someone doesn't have talents, maybe we can help each other have the material for certain things that somebody else. Can yes. Yes. People who are very talented, but they cannot afford the material for whether it's sewing, knitting, crocheting, looming, anything. It's just too expensive for them to be able to make those things. But if people could get together and be like, you know what? I can't make that, but I'm going to help you get some supplies. And then you can do something with that. I think that that's kind of how my mind works. And just working together as a community in that way, because we, we should be shining the light. We should be helping each other. And if we can do things like that, that's awesome. And supporting each other. And just how glorious is that when that happens? Mm-hmm. It's just glorious. And it, it gets me giddy. I geek out about the funniest things. This isn't. <laughs> I, start, I do like get excited because it's like right. one of these days I'm going to find a little girl or more because it does take time to be able to just do something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they're not always around my kids are older a lot of the kids that I know now are older so it's like well they're not gonna want that at that same way I mean my daughter has dolls and um and hers actually were gifts and but I was able to make clothes for her Mm -hmm. you'll never get rid of them so right it's just it's glorious but I just yeah but um and like you said though you know you can't cook but you can also help organize. So even things like that. So you helped organize the sign up sheet and getting it going. That's still contributing. Right. I think, yeah, I can't <laughs> having to cook for a large family and then have to add in more meals. Yeah. I, and, and the funny thing is like, I love to host a big event and cook for a big event. I'm just not really good at, okay, I have to take this meal to someone, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that aspect of it, like, um, and, uh, and like, I don't even like to make my own menu grocery list and make my own family dinners on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, to the day my husband retires and makes all the meals <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and people laugh because I'm not a bad cook. Like I'm, I'm a decent cook. I just don't really enjoy it. You know, that's okay. Yeah. So, but you'll clean somebody's house for them. Other, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'd be glad to help. I'd be glad to sit down and help you with your dyslexic child or your ADHD child, you know, um, and find out a school plan for them. Like those are the things I would be glad to help with. Um, but I really don't want to bring you dinner. <laughs> we all have our different niches. We all have our different. Yep. If we all were doing the same thing, the needs wouldn't all be getting filled in the same way. Right. And if it came down to it, we had to rely on each other. If we all did the same thing, there's going to be areas that are going to be lacking. Yes. That's yes. Okay. 
some of us, you know, have our things where like, yeah, I don't like it. I'll do it, but I don't like it. But, you know, I know a lot of uh, moms and wives that would be like, yeah, I don't want to have to clean more. I'll do I'll right. this, I'll do that, but I don't want to have to clean. And that's another hat that you wear. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that right now, but the um, cleaning mm-hmm. that we were just talking about. If you want to say a little bit about that and what you do with the cleaning stuff pages that I've seen of yours. So Katie, the cleaning lady is my Facebook page. Um, um, when I was a little girl, my mom would call me that sometimes because I, I actually really enjoy cleaning. I mean, now, of course, we always get frustrated with our own homes because they always need recleaned, right? Yes. But I do actually really enjoy cleaning and I like um, having things organized and cleaned. And um, a while back, the Lord just kind of opened my mind up to this idea of, the spiritual cleaning that we have to have in our lives. And so Katie, the cleaning lady is not just about practical tips of um, how to keep your home and clean and orderly, but also it's about how to be, you know, spiritually checking ourselves and making sure that we're, you know, keeping our, our lives in purity. Um, So, so over there, I, try to post things that encourage women to walk in purity and truth. Um, And then I also have things like, um, Hey, today's a good day to clean off that messy table, you know, um, types of posts. Um, And, and it's just, I try to post at least weekly. At first I wanted to post something daily, but you know, life is busy. Yeah. I don't always get something posted there, but just, just encouraging words, encouraging words, especially the young, young moms or moms that are overwhelmed, just letting them know that, you know, just do one little thing today, whether it's going in your, in the bathroom and locking the door for five minutes and having a prayer time, or whether it's cleaning out the sink and making it sparkle, just do one thing, Mm -hmm. one thing to, to walk in that in that um, role that God has called you to, because ultimately as women, we are called to be helpmates and we are called to be mothers. And so those are our top priorities. Unless we're a single woman. And even then uh, we were created to serve, Mm -hmm. you know, that's our, that's our role. We were created to be the helper. And so we need to have, we need to, we need to walk in that role. And um, so that's what that page is about. It's I about think, encouraging women to walk in godly womanhood. I love it because there's some more ladies that I've been finding. And I just love things like that because, you know, um, there's not an awful lot of that out there. There's a lot of teachings and preachings. And there's not an awful lot of the Titus two type of women and seeing that and seeing the encouragement. I know, like when I was a young mom, I was, um, I had our son when I was 21 and within a year of that, about a year later is when I was brought called by the father and started walking in this way. So I, and we had been married, um, only nine months when I had gotten pregnant. So he was born when he was a um, year and a half. And then by the time he was two, I think it was, cause I don't think he was quite two yet is when I was called. So I was a relatively new wife, relatively new mom and a brand new believer. And I did not have women that I could, at. were there some around me? Yes. But the quality matters. Right. And I, I'm just going to leave it at that. Right. I, I did not have, and I know many of us do the type of women that the Bible commands, God commands the older women to be helping. I didn't have that. And I know, um, there's some of us that, um, do this and we just say in a lot of ways we're, we try, we have our own problems we have our own sins we have our own none of us are got have it all together or have all the answers because I think sometimes people forget that um, right we're just right. like everybody else and <laughs> definitely yeah I have some friends and it's like I have that problem too and I'm like I look up to you and I would have never guessed and then I have to remind remind myself oh yeah well 
she's just like me. So it makes sense. It would be one area. It would be another area. Right. You know, we have to make sure we're not holding people up to a standard that is unfair and that also um, doesn't put them on a pedestal because we got to be careful there too. But um, I know there's some ladies and I know I say this too, is we try to be the women that we needed when we were younger. Right. And not all of us had that. And so, but we try to be that to the lady and just seeing the encouragement because, you know, I remember being a young mom and so flustered because it's like, you just sometimes don't feel like you have room to breathe. And sometimes it's like one thing after another. And when you have, you know, a room, a house, you have to clean, you got a crying baby or toddler, you have one kid being a pain and kids fighting, uh, another uh, spill of something, the car breaks down again, you know, you're, you gotta repair this or repair that, or you're having struggles in your marriage, or you're just having struggles with friends. And, you know, life just seems to be piling on and piling on and piling on. And you're still a new mom. It just gets so overwhelming. And Mm -hmm. the older women being like, this is just a season. We all have this. It'll be okay. I'll pray for you. I understand what it's like. And you're not a bad person for struggling. You're not a failure because you're having a bad day or a bad season. And Mm -hmm. I, any of us feel like we're failures when we have those times and we're not, you just, you get to encourage each other through them. And it's just, I know the ladies that I have seen and your stuff has done it too, because it's like, you know, you take that deep breath and you just reset and you look to him. Cause sometimes some of the problems that we have happens the most when we're kind of letting ourselves get overwhelmed with life. And we're kind of almost keeping God at an arm's length and being like, I got to get through these things first. I'll pray some more when I have time. Um, I'll, I'll read my Bible more when I have time. And then you can catch yourself and be like, wait a minute. Uh, no, no. And you just make yourself do it. And it's hard when you have a baby toddler or more kids or a bunch of kids and even teenagers sometimes, but especially when you're little, you know, how do you, I know a lot of moms ask, you know, how do I fit in prayer? How do I fit in Bible study? Mm-hmm. How do I do these things when somebody always needs me? Well, let's sit down and talk because you know what? I've been there and, mm-hmm. you know, it helps because now looking back, there's things that I wished I did differently that I didn't think about at the time because I didn't have that experience. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And then other ladies connecting and we're all kind of sharing things now from each other. It's, and it's showing this lady. Right this lady's now sharing this, this lady's now sharing this. And then you're seeing it from many and it's like, Oh, this is great because hopefully it helps. Right. Right. That's the point. Yep. Oh, it's so amazing. Yep. Uh, I, I love your story. I love all the different things that you guys do. And I've watched Lydia for a while now and it's just fantastic. And your grandchildren are adorable. <laughs> I think they are too, but I might be biased. <laughs> well, they are. So but, yeah, it's hard not to be biased, but oh yeah. Right. Right. Well, I loved what you had to say about, you know, um, the older women coming alongside the younger women and, and to them that the, this season of life is short. Um, One of the things I really try to emphasize with my girls that now have kids is, you know, this is only, they're only going to be little for a little while and you don't let it stress you. There's, there's nothing that stressing that you need to be worrying about. And I think, you know, so often young moms are stressing and comparing and worrying about so many things about, uh, you know, keeping the budget tight to help their husband out who's going to work every day and, and, uh, you know, and doing a good job with the kids at home and, and making sure, oh my goodness, they, this one isn't talking yet. And they're three years old. And what did I do wrong? And, you know, and, and uh, I can't get this one to eat any vegetables. And, and um, I loved what you wrote the other day about, um, you know, making making the priorities bigger. You know, don't worry about whether they eat broccoli. Worry about whether they come to the dinner table as a family. Mm-hmm. You know, make these things important that should be important. Right. Don't Don't stress about the things that don't need to be stressed about. 
Um, you know, they're probably not going to die if they don't eat broccoli today. Right. You know, but it'll have a long-term impact if you don't sit down once a day as a family for dinner. That is going to, you know, my mom, we ate dinner every night as a family. And I just thought that was normal. I just, you know, I didn't know until I started going to friends' house as a teenager and, you know, seeing uh, how other people lived. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that was normal, that your mom had dinner and you prayed together at dinner time and your mom asked you silly, weird questions about the day. And uh-huh. I just thought that was how all families were. And um, and that's what I want my kids to think. And I want my grandkids to think that's that's the normal life. Right. The normal life is coming to the dinner table as a family and talking and sharing with one another about your day and have and laughing and joking, you know. Absolutely. So I I think that we need to help moms realize that it's okay if your bedroom's a mess today. <laughs> it's really okay because um if you held they're teething and they're crying and you had to hold them all day and you got nothing else done but holding that baby that's okay that's what actually matters yep that is what will be lasting will the baby remember it no but it will be ingrained in that baby more too though that yep. they know their their parent cares they'll yep. that they can have that love and that support and just that they're there and they'll take care of them and that they took the time instead of being like, no, get away from me. Mommy has things to do. Right. And, you know, and I, I think that that's easy to get into of, um, I, oh, and I say when I've written about, by all means, don't tell your children you're too busy for them. I made the mistake when my children were little of like, I got to do these things. You know, you guys got to stop. And, you know, and I'd get flustered and I'd be like, but I'm busy and I'm this. And then one day my daughter, I believe it was my daughter, repeated stuff that I said. It was anything bad. It wasn't bad. But she repeated my words and I heard her. And I think she said it to my son. And she said exactly kind of what I say. And that's why she didn't ask me to do something because she didn't want to irritate me. Mm. And because, you know, she repeated what I, and it's like, this mama's heart broke. And I'm like, no more. And I, you know, we have our moments still where we might get kind of crabby or whatever, because that's just. And there's times when we have to tell our kids no. Right. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about giving our kids that safe, secure home having a home that has peace and shalom and where you're not feeling if you're anxious all day then your kids are anxious all day yes if 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 you're homeschooling from a heart of we've got to get it done Mm -hmm. it's going to get done because all you're going to do is be stressed about getting it done and kids don't learn when you're stressed kids learn you need to, school needs to be a pleasant experience because the whole point of schooling is to love learning. Yes. And they're not going to love learning if all we're doing is yelling at them to finish the math paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's funny because I hear people, because we've homeschooled, we actually, our son, um, we've always homeschooled ever since, you know, I, I mean, preschool age is basically when we started, you know, trying to actually actively show things and in a different way you know how that is right and he is done next month no this month it's june he's done this month one kid all the way through and the days go by slow but the years go by fast yes he was just that little three-year-old that i was teaching fun goofy and i made it fun i made it good i like the little i will admit I have a confession. I like the younger ages better for schooling. I and I'm the opposite. <laughs> my my husband actually likes the older stuff. He's good with little kids, but he really likes the older stuff. Right. I but, like when you can have meaningful discussions with them. Ah, I do too. Yeah, that makes sense. I do too. I like the the um, colorful, fun. Like I would put I in in my living room. We had 
posters on the wall and all kinds of fun stuff. And it looked okay because the way I did it, because of how our apartment was at the time. <laughs> and I did, I, I put stuff on the walls and even in the, where we are now put I, not anymore in the same way, but like that right. little, I had stuff on the walls, you know, I would, um, I didn't like the, and back way back then, I didn't agree with making little kids, little kids have to sit there for hours and hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. sheets and get this done, get this done they're three or they're seven they're not gonna read right a teenager and they're not gonna get it sometimes um and the kids are all different like my son in a lot of ways things were much easier for him to grasp and for our daughter it was a lot harder she struggled with some things but the homeschooling makes it great because then you can work to their needs and it's funny because where my son struggled she actually excelled which was kind of interesting Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. her strengths which made sense right so struggled you know her strengths were actually where he had struggles but I I never agreed with the you know having now they did have to learn how to sit kids do have to listen I'm not yes saying, yes but there still needs to be obedience and all of that like I'm not saying that at all but kids learn by moving they can't sit for hours and hours and hours and not be moving. And then you have children that get in trouble because, oh, you are squirming in your seat or you have energy or you can't focus. Yeah, they're three or four years old. They're not going to focus for three hours straight. Like mm-hmm. adults can't even do some of this. And so what I would do, and they loved it, but especially him, I would, um, when I was teaching him the books of the Bible or words from the Bible and um, just words in general or spelling words of vocabulary or whatever it was, I would have, he would, I'd put things on the floor. At first it was um, like just paper that I had written on, but then I turned it into like felt pieces or foam pieces, foam sheets that I'd cut. And I'd put the word on there or whatever it was. I'd put it on, I'd put them on there and they'd look on the floor, put it on the floor. And I'd say whatever it was uh, and he'd find it and jump to it. And he was learning. Mm-hmm. But he also allowed to use some energy because he was, you know, a four or five year old boy and have fun at it because I, 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 I'm a big believer in making it fun. Mm-hmm. And also, obviously, sometimes you're just going to sit and do your work and it's going to be boring and you just got to deal with it because life is not always exciting and entertaining. But what? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I, and you hear that, too. I'm just not entertained. And you just want to face palm yourself because it's like. There was once a time when that wasn't even in topics of discussion. Right. But, but it's a, it's a different world now mm-hmm. and everything is competing for their attention, but yeah, the homeschooling is just, it's great. But like I was saying with the, um, with the homeschooling, this is actually what my original comment was going to be. So I'm sorry. I told you I do it too. I kind of digress. Right. <laughs> I could go on forever about this, but um, it's funny because people will say, I could never have that much patience. You know, you have, have <laughs> I'll say you have a patience of an angel. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, because some of the most impatient people I've met are, homes, are, are homeschoolers. And guess what, where we learned a lot of the patience from teaching our children every day. Right. <laughs> because exactly. you, it, if you really want to work on your character, if you want to build more patience, if you want to learn compassion and mercy, and learning how to help people without getting flustered, homeschooling. Yep. And it's not always like that. And not everybody is like that. But I remember getting flustered, especially because of where we are. It's kind of a pain with some of the regulations. And so it's like, okay, we have to do this. But how do you obtain that and reach that goal without driving your children and you nuts? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then once you, once you get flustered, like you said, now your kids are going to get flustered. If you're anxious, they get anxious. And then if they're in those states where they're, then it's hard for them to focus. And then it's hard for them to even grasp it because now they're worried about you getting flustered with them. Right. No, it, but it's just, it's, but I wouldn't change it for anything. It was such a blessing to be able to do it. And I always encourage people, if you want to homeschool, do it because they're, you'll learn, you'll learn a lot about yourself. And you'll learn actually a lot about the character that actually is more godly. And you'll learn more of what our father is like by doing things and being a parent. It really brings that out too. Right. It really, it's just amazing to me. I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, so we have a little bit longer. So um, 
I don't know um, how much you want to say now about this, but um, do you want to give any little bit of about what it's like walking in Toro with a big family? We have about 10 minutes or so. We could go longer, but I don't right. I, um, so it's funny because I knew you were going to ask that question. And I was thinking about it and I was thinking, you know, sometimes my kids like to say, mom, we're the weird of the weird of the weirdest. And I say, and, and it's true because not only are we homeschooling family, we're a tour observant family and we're a mega family. Mm-hmm. And so we really are quite unusual. Um, and, um, but that's who God called us to be. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, they'll say, oh, I could never do it. And I said, well, we do what God calls us to do, whoever we are, Mm. you know, and we can either walk in what he's called us to do in obedience and be blessed, or we can walk in our own ways and, and not receive those blessings. But for us, you know, God asked us to let him number our children, we had no idea what that meant when we were young 20-year-olds getting married. But he, you know, he had a plan. And he had a plan to bless us with 15 children. And um, one day at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we raised our children one day at a time. We didn't just wake up one day and have 15 children. <laughs> we We started, you know, as a young married couple. And with children one at a time usually one at a time it's like some Lydia Lydia and Daniel came together they were a package deal but um but most of the time you know we just took take it one day at a time God God gives us what we need for each day and um you know you have to be a little my mom always says you have to be a little bit organized and a little bit flexible. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true. You know, um, I, I have a routine and a schedule and I have a meal plan and I have a chore chart, but those are all flexible because, right. you know, I have adult kids that live at home now that um, are working jobs. So sometimes they can't do the chores that I've asked them to do. So somebody else has to do them, usually me. <laughs> you know, you just yeah. having a big family is no different than having a small family. Everybody has to play their part and have a role. And right. it's important that everybody does have a part and has a role. You know, don't for for us it's easy for me to sometimes forget certain ones of my kids because they're quieter, they're less, you know, they're less needy. And I could easily like not talk to them for days if I didn't make the effort to talk to them. Um, and they would be fine, but that's <laughs> not okay, right? right? Because I need to parent them. So having a big family is no different than having a small family and that we just have to take it one day at a time and, uh, and, and meet the needs of each member of the family as God shows us how to meet it. That is fascinating to me. And I can actually understand what you mean about, and I like really understand what you mean about the kids who are not as needy and quiet. My husband, Aaron, is the youngest mm-hmm. of 10 kids, the youngest of 10. Mm-hmm. He, like his, it, he wasn't a, a problem when he was young and he, they didn't have to worry about him. And he was quiet. Right. So I completely can understand that. And it's funny because he's the youngest one. And, but yet it's true, you know, and the ones that are needy or the ones that need more guidance or the ones that like to talk more, Mm -hmm. start a conversation, you know, the ones that are quiet and not so needy, you know, where it's just their personality and like for in that way, you know, they're content. They'll be like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, nothing's wrong. It's just, they're different in that way. And it's good. But like you said, in the same time, it can be like, you know, when's the last time I sat and talked with them? Right. (laughs) I've had this train of other kids. Where's the other one? (laughs) So I can understand that. I've heard lots of stories. So I can picture that because I didn't come from a big family. And, you know, I didn't live it, but I've seen other things in action and I've heard different stories. And it's like, I can totally understand that because some people would be like, they'll be like, how do you not do that? Well, it's easy to actually do because 
when you have a child who is easy and mm-hmm. not that the other ones aren't, you know, I think you understand. Right. I mean, some are more of a challenge. Unassuming. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's actually, you know, if you have children, you don't have to worry about in that way, or, you know, they're fine and they're just quiet and they keep to themselves and they don't have that many needs. It's just kind of like they're off doing their own thing. Right. Some of them are content, you know, sitting wherever and drawing for six hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and others like to play, you know, their instruments and make right. toys or chase each other around the house or have squabbles or right or like to talk a lot or you know want to constantly get advice. You know, they're all different. Right. I th- I just think that's great. Um, but um, so is the this is something that's not on the bullet points, but um. Was it difficult for preparing and observing Sabbath with such a large family? It it takes a little, like it, we had to kind of figure it out. But I think no matter who you are, if you've never kept Sabbath, you got to kind of figure it out anyway. And you got to figure out what the Bible actually says and what man actually says. And you got to figure out what works for your family. Mm-hmm. And so in that aspect, it took us, I would say it took us about two years to get into a real comfortable place with Sabbath where it wasn't, wasn't stressful to prepare for Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Um, But now we have a pretty set routine. We have a routine on preparation day that's different than the rest of our six work days. We actually have a preparation day devotion. We have preparation day jobs. We do school different on preparation day so that when Sabbath comes, everything's ready. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, you know, this person who gives this person a shower and this person who makes sure everybody's clothes are laid out because we we are blessed to have a fellowship to go to on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have certain meals we make for Sabbath so that we know these are easy meals. We can get together quickly. Um, and so it, it is a job with a big family, but we have been able to over the years kind of make it work. So two years isn't a bad learning curve. I, I didn't think so. I think we did okay. <laughs> that's that's pretty. That for a, it that's good for a small family. For a large family, that's pretty good getting into your groove by then. That's not bad at all. Um, but the next time we have you on, maybe we can talk about that some more because I know a lot of moms ask about that, and they ask yeah. even not such a big family, but they're like, I don't. And I think part of um, uh, many of us have this idea of it's supposed to be like this where it's very rigid and do this do this do this do this and do that and that's something that a lot of us have to learn is no like you said which is so true and I always stress that it's yes there are certain things that are um definitely you have to do there's certain things that are part of it but you do what works for your family you don't right what these five families over here are doing or what that one is doing and you can, you can even make your own traditions right. about it figure out what works for you and it doesn't have to look any one particular way yeah I, I think that would be a great um, whole segment sometime to talk about the different ways and things you could do on Sabbath and keeping Sabbath and different traditions and ideas because that's a whole topic that I think a lot of people are confused about Oh, yes. And I, for years, it was like, um, and well, we're where we went to church for a long time. Um, very, very rigid and very, very do's and don'ts kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, but in a not a good way, like, right. Was, um, someone was talking recently about stuff to do with law, like of how we have so many people that, um, you know, they can be hesitant because they're like the law, the law, the law, you're, you're just, you know, um, legalistic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's churches out there that are legalistic and it's more of 
And it dawned on me the other day, and I didn't think about it during the conversation, but I told my husband after, I'm like, you know, I think it gets thought of, and this is what we dealt with, is um, it's more of their law. And it's more right. focused on them and what they say and what their rules and regulation are, and that gets held to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. I think Pharisees. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yes. And yeah, we got into some issues a lot because we just we saw through a lot of it, but it, it's difficult to leave sometimes. Mm-hmm. At some point I want to get I know many people have the background we do, and there's a lot of them that come from our background of where we are and the um, churches and it it follows people and some people never get over it. And it really has a lot to do why it took me five years once we left there. We left in 2016. And it took me five years to actually be comfortable, really striving. I mean, I couldn't find people anyways, but, and I didn't know about some of this stuff out there because you're not, there's whole lots of stuff into that, but um, right, I didn't right. know because you're not supposed to read or know, talk to um, different groups. You're not supposed to read their literature. I mean, we listened to things because we knew that that wasn't biblical because it's, you know, it's, it makes me think of when people get really stuck on one leader. It makes me think of the, um, I can't remember where it is in the New Testament, but of, oh, I'm of this particular one. I'm of this one. I'm of Jesus. I'm yes, of- I'm of um, yeah. Paul or I'm of, um, uh, what was his name? I can't think of who, what his name was. I just read that the other day, but I know what, Apollos. Ah. I'm, Yes. And he, and Paul's like, uh, I don't want any of you to say I'm a Paul. Right. <laughs> and I see, I see that now. And like, there's things that I like, because of our experience, I'll see stuff and I'll be like, no, no, that like, and it, it saddens me because once you get in that mentality of it's just that particular one, then you're missing out on other things. And it's just, and then there's, and I did not know how many people were out there. I knew there were a lot but I didn't know to the degree. And then this whole other world opens up because you'd, and I mean, it was really back before too, where all this internet's in the way that it is now, mm-hmm. um, because back then I found them on the internet, but there wasn't the presence from the others and this in the same way. Yeah. When I started finding others, I'm like, Oh, this is great. But it took me five years to actually feel comfortable to start reaching out to people. Right. And it's last year. And the Torah Network is what actually did it. And it's amazing. I love that platform. Um, I, I like that one. And that's what actually like really um, helped me. And I've actually made friends from there, which is really weird because a couple of years ago, I would have been like, yeah, no, I'll never do that. And I did. And I, I would never have believed I'm doing what I am now and as comfortable as I am talking to people because before I would have been like, I'm very social, very talkative, but face to face. Right. So, and I, and I'm even more, I just, it, it's amazing what, how uh, Yah works in our lives. It's just right. for me and how he, you know, uh, breaks down our walls, how he helps us have peace. He, he gives that to us, his peace and just, it, it, but anyways, I'm digressing. But <laughs> it's just, uh, I could talk about this stuff forever, but you know, right. it's just when it comes to honoring the Sabbath and observing it, there is no you have to do it this way. Some things, absolutely. But it's not what these people say it is. Right. Compared to the Bible. Right. What does the Bible say? What does God say? What are we to do in that instance? Because right. it's not just, I I do, I have issues now. And it's in a good way. I But I just, I'm much more, um, less likely to be like, yeah, that uh, so black and white about things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so just there's so many do's and don'ts and then when you see that that's not how it is the freedom that comes from that because right. that's the problem is when it feels like it's a bunch of do's and don'ts or you see the the people that supposedly representing him say all these do's and don'ts then it does look legalistic it does look like a burden because right man is putting all those regulations and those do's and don'ts and Pharisees. It is. You can look look at that and be like, that's pharisaical and not from the, oh, I just don't want to have to obey God uh, perspective. It's no, it is. And how many times did Yeshua um, break their laws? 
Right. He did things that they're like, you can't do that. Well, he did. And apparently it's okay. So, and we still run into that, but I would absolutely love to do a segment alone on Sabbath prep and the Sabbath, because I think that would be amazing. I know there's a lot of women out and men, um, a lot of people out there that are asking about that. And they're just like, do. And, you know, or they think they think they have to do some things and it's not, it's a tradition. You don't have to, if you want to go ahead, you know, that's great, but no, you don't have to do it. And if you want to great and make up your own traditions, right. Tailor it to your own family. I mean, what we do would probably be, we would probably do some things differently than you just based on families. Right. So, but I thank you today for coming on. This was great. <laughs> it was I, fun. <laughs> I love, I love talking about these things. It's just, it's always so much fun. Um, so if you don't mind now, would you, um, again, some of it you've already said, could you uh, let people know how they can find you online, your website again, how to, you know, find you on social media that you interact with people for your things that you're right. giving away? So I, my website is hernhomeschoolers.com. It's our last name, then homeschoolers.com, H-I-R-N. And then I'm on, I'm still on Facebook. I didn't make the mass exodus with everyone. I'm still there. So I'm Katie, the cleaning lady on Facebook. Um, I, I can't be, I do have other social platforms, but I rarely check them. So those are the two best places to find me. Alrighty. Um, I hope more discover you and follow you and, you know, get benefit from your experience and your wisdom that you have because you have so much to offer and it's just, it's glory. And I definitely have some questions that I'll pick your brain at some point after this, because I'm very interested in some things that you said. And uh, sounds good. I think that would be great. And uh, I'm sure by the, the next one, you'll think of other hats that you've worn because you've worn so many hats and trying to remember them all. <laughs> I, I, I say those are my, that's called ADHD. You know, I have to wear a million hats at once. It's the real reason I have 15 children. It's just so people don't realize how hyper I am. Hey, that's, <laughs> it's, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I think that would be great. And, you know, this was wonderful. I thank you so much for coming on and I look forward to having you on again. And um, hopefully, you know, um, we won't be too busy. I know some points I have, um, I'm in a different stage of life for some of the things that I'm doing. So I have my busy seasons and you have your busy seasons. Yeah, so. right. And you have exciting things that go on in your life too, that you're doing which is just phenomenal so yeah. again i thank you and it was nice to actually be able to have a conversation yeah i'll talk to you soon all right thank you shalom shalom Thank you for joining me today. I hope that it inspired, encouraged, and blessed you. You can find me on many different platforms. I'm mainly on Facebook, the Torah Network, and Instagram. And check out other ones because I might be on them as well. And you can find me at TorahWoman.com. And I hope that you check it out and that if this episode that you listened to today had any guests, I hope that you look into them as well. And I hope that they can inspire and encourage and bless you. And uh, may you have a blessed day. Thank you.